Call the police. Tell the sheriff I shot him. Is this some kind of joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in. This is Fear What I Fear, a podcast where we beg our partner to fear something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Andy and Masha. And today we're talking about hereditary. Oh, come on. Hereditary is a 2018 horror film about a family haunted by a mysterious presence after the death of their secretive grandmother. It is written and directed by Ari Aster and starring Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Gabriel Byrne, and Alex Wolfe. Uh, this movie had a budget of 10 mil. 10 mil? Yeah, you know? That's a big budge. Pretty big budge. Grossed 80 mil. Whoa. Smash it. Uh Biggest hit A24 has ever had. Mm-hmm. I think still to this day. I, I didn't really check, but definitely by the time it came out. One of my friends talks about like their horror movies. They make horror movies, right? Like Yeah, not exclusively, but yeah, they make a lot of horror movies. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, A24 is kind of known for like their, you know, quote unquote sophisticated horror. The the internet's kinda like it's kinda like half made up, but like the A24 like people tend to like not like the people who like like Blumhouse movies because they're like schlockier and, and stupider. They're all and making then, horror for you. And guys. then Blumhouse, like, you know, they're having a good time. So they look at A24 and they're like, your shit's boring. Like it takes a half hour for the ghost to show up, like boo. And I'm like, you know, I mean, I don't I love horror. I don't discriminate. Like on any given day I'm down to watch Freaky by Blumhouse and then mm-hmm. A24 and the or the Witch and, and this by A24. But yeah, they're still a relatively young like production company. Yeah. I think the Witch was like their big hit. And then Lady Bird was like their real big hit. But I think this might have even made a little bit more money than Lady Bird. Like they were both like, eh, I might be wrong. But they, they were like hereditary and that kind of like set them on like to who they are now where they make movies like The Lighthouse and, and prestigious shit like that. Okay, cool. So it's pretty dope. So clearly you're not one of those people that is like, you don't care where your horror movies come from. It's like, if well, it's a I good want, movie, it's a I, good movie. Yeah, I want all the horror. Like, I want yeah. I want to watch Freaky, which is, like, stupid as shit, but it's fun. You know, like you can have a couple beers and laugh at Vince Vaughn playing a, a, a little girl. What's your favorite movie? I tell people it's Eternal Sunshine, but it's Pitch Perfect too. TV show? Sabrina. Favorite snack? Triple Berry Gushers. Who's your biggest crush? Booker Hooker. <laughs> Shake, bitches. Right? Oh, but then mm-hmm. no, I want this too. Like, I think this, you know, I'll, I'm going to lay my cards on the table. This, I think, yeah. is one of my personal favorite horrors of all time, but also, I think, easily. One of the most influential, like important ones of the decade that it came out in, mm-hmm. like the two thousand tens. This for the longest time until I saw this movie, I always, you know, we did the Babadook last year. I always kind of put that as like that's the level of that's what I want to see out of horror going forward is stuff like that. Yeah. And this is the first thing I've seen that like I call this like the cousin to Babadook. Like it's <laughs> it's different in so many ways. It's not even dealing with the same like themes. But just like the type of movie at its core is like just as good. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote down in my notes like I'm getting like Babadook vibes a little bit. Yeah. And the friggin' uh, Ari Aster. I don't know if it's Ari or Ari. Ari. I don't know. How to say. Ari Aster. Okay. Uh, he came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he's only made two like feature length films, this being his first one. 
So, like, I don't know who the hell comes out of the gate with something <laughs> this good. Like, to me, this screams someone who's been doing it for, like, you know, yeah. 15 years, kind of, like, has an idea of how to build things. Because even, like, you know, I love Mike Flanagan, the Hill House guy. Mm-hmm. I love almost everything he does, but you can kind of see his early stuff versus his later stuff where, not that he's been around that long, but you can kind of see a progression where you're, like, like, I think it took him three or four projects to get his style down perfectly to where Hill House was, like, the best example of what he does. Yeah. This guy... Right out the gate. That's I don't crazy. even know. I don't know how you have this kind of confidence, like, going into your first <laughs> oh, movie. Oh, it's probably a lot of hard work. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, I'm saying, like, yeah, I don't think he just, like, I got this. But, yeah, I was, like, looking into his, his like, career, and he really went, like, the traditional route that, like, I feel like most directors don't go, where he went to film school, I forget where, I think in, like, New Mexico, wherever he was from. And then from the work, from his work in there, he got into, like, into AFI, like, the American Film Institute. Like, he got a, a grant for a fellowship there. Uh-huh. And then while he was there, he just made a bunch of short films, and they all kept getting, like, award winning, like winning awards, getting into festivals. And nice. he was just, like, crushing it so hard there, making these shorts that the, the studio was like, here's some money, go make a movie. Like, I feel like it never happens. Like I mean, to get a $10 million budget, Yeah, the, the path of a director, I feel like, is always weird and muddied, and, like, there's no way... It, it's the most elusive role on set because you can't just be like, oh, do this, this, and this, and then you'll be a director. Like, yeah. you know, you could, you could do everything Spielberg did. It doesn't mean you're going to get the opportunity. See, you know what I mean? Like, you, sure. It's about capitalizing at the right time, meeting the right people, being good, you know, like all these things. Yeah. So when I read this, I was like, Jesus, this guy did it. Like, he like, I went to school for it, and then I got a job in it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, granted, he's fucking awesome. Like, because, yeah, I won't talk much about Midsummer, but I think that movie is just as well-made as this movie. Like, I think, like, on a technical level, Midsummer is like, wow, perfect. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm not into the story and like the overall theme. I just, I just don't really care for it story wise. Right. So I know I don't talk smack about Midsummer. I think it's a very well made movie. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. But this one, I, I like everything about it. Which is why it's not on the cast. Exactly. Which is why <laughs> we're doing this one and not that one. Like I don't have too much background on this because again, it just came out a few years ago. Yeah. I actually am thinking about it. I think this is the most modern movie we've ever done on the cast, right? Um, I don't think we've done anything. Most more recent twenty eighteen. Other than like covering the new Bill and Ted movie. Yeah, I guess like bonus episodes, but yeah, yeah like an a, a actual episode. Yeah, I think this is the most yeah, recent we've ever gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is pretty dope. I, I didn't go too too deep about him like writing this movie, but what I did find interesting was I know from interviews that Ari Aster actually doesn't really want to be known as like the horror guy. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of wants to make a lot of different movies and not. He just happened to make two horror movies in a row that were very successful. Right. But what I found interesting was like, according to him, he's got like these scripts he wrote while he was in school and he wants to like eventually make them all into movies and like Hereditary was one of them, Midsummer was another. And, um, but when he first wrote Hereditary, it was not a horror movie at all. It was only a family drama mm-hmm. about like grief and all this other stuff. And then I think he, he thought of the horror angle and then realized that would be a way to differentiate it. Because this movie doesn't play quite like a horror movie, and obviously doesn't play like a drama because there's ghosts and shit. But it's like it's a cool hybrid of like the two worlds, mm. and so I, I think that was really interesting. Where like I think part of the reason I the story works so good for me is that like he wrote it first as this like family grief story, then added in the ghosts. You know what I mean? So like it was. I think I think it works really well on its own. You know, as a concept before the ghosts even come into play. For sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, as always, I got other stuff. But before I get into mine, Masha, what is your history? I mean, it's only been out for three years. But what's your it, history with this movie? Yeah, so I did know about Hereditary. I cut promos for a lot of 
movies and I, I remember making a bumper for this one uh-huh. and just like looking through the imagery. I didn't watch the trailer because I didn't have to and I was like, this is too scary for me. <laughs> but I do remember when you watched it for the first time and how freaked out you were. Oh, yeah. And then I sort of had you like tell me what happened because... and Yeah, this was... I, I <laughs> really never thought there'd be a day where you would watch this movie. Like I didn't foresee us making a podcast where I'd get to pick a movie and you, yeah. don't, you don't get to fight against this. I just was like, you know, Masha doesn't like horror. This scared yeah. the living shit out of me so i know she's not gonna want to sit through this so yeah i did explain to you one of the bigger bigger moments of this movie you did which we'll wait just in case but. yeah we'll wait we'll wait but it's it's so funny i mean for for you listeners uh sometimes when something's too scary for me to watch but i'm really intrigued by the plot i'll have andy give me a rundown of what happens yeah. <laughs> it's really good and detailed so it's a way to watch the movie without watching the I'll movie i'll never forget i forget what movie it was but i spent like 15 minutes i got off from the movie theater <laughs> i saw it alone and then i explained to you like the entire thing for like 15 minutes and then i was like and that's how it ends and then you went whoa i liked it and I was like, you didn't even see it <laughs> yeah, like, it was a quiet place <laughs> oh it was oh yeah <laughs> i explained to you what happens <laughs> it's not even that scary of a movie. <laughs> and you explained uh, it so good it that was I was so, like, yeah, it was a good movie. I just love that you were like you were talking as if we just walked out of the movie theater. So and I knew Tony Collette starred in it and I'm actually I, I really like her. I really love the United States of Terra, which I think was on Showtime. Yeah. Uh and I I really want you to watch that show. I mean it got cancelled, I think, after the third season and I was so upset. I mean, but... I wanna watch it because I love Tony Collette. Yeah. And um I didn't know what it was about until I was doing research for this episode and I actually found that I didn't know it was about somebody with like DID. Oh my god, it's split before split, yeah. you know, like except comedy. I mean like Tony Collette. <laughs> That and Tony like such a good actor. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's I really didn't know. I mean, I I knew more than I usually do because you did tell me about it. Yeah. Um, but I had no intention of seeing it. <laughs> yeah. And, but uh, I purposely like I very detailed one scene to you. I didn't really tell you the movie. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think there's so many other surprises in this movie besides the one I My first note is I'm not looking forward to that moment. So Yeah. <laughs> you and I just watched a trailer before hitting record yeah. and I think we both agree that Best trailer like, of all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not going that far, <laughs> but like, this is exactly what I want out of trailers, and why I think every other trailer sucks, and why yeah. I don't watch them anymore. We don't need to know what happens. You can even mislead us. It, it was so misleading. Yeah, in a great way. But it it, it didn't lie to you in it in no, any it way. Didn't. It's just you're seeing things you're seeing the way scenes out of context, so it makes you think it's one thing, but it's all to preserve the secrets of the movie. And like it's showing, like you still get. Look, we have stars. We have Tony Collette. We we have look how it's shot. We have cool camera angles. Yes. We do the thing with the minute. We just show you the miniature shot right at the top, so you know, like the camera work's gonna be wild. Like it gives you everything. The music's gonna be wild. We have this little girl who's gonna, you know, look different than you've ever seen before. We have yeah. this. We have this cluck sound. Like that's all you need. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm on board. Like there's a mystery, yes. and I'm scared. Like, like you need the elements. Yeah. So I can see a hundred percent why you were like, I gotta watch this movie. Um, so I mean, you you. I actually didn't see the trailer. Um, oh, you didn't. Yeah, I only watched this uh, because of just like the horror community online constantly oh. talking about it. Like, I didn't see it in theaters. I I don't remember if it, how wide of release it was, but I just didn't see it in theaters. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, what, no you line. watched it at home alone. Y- yeah, right? I watched it at home, <laughs> and then yeah, when it came out on streaming, I was finally like, I got to see this movie. Everyone's been talking about Hereditary. Uh, yeah, I watched it all. You you were I think you were visiting your mom or something. You were out of town, and yeah, I watched it alone and like. Yeah. that scene we were talking about where it was freaked out like i remember just without even realizing it i just started clutching like my clothes like oh, real tight Andy. and like like and then i was just so like paralyzed and like what the hell 
And then as like it took probably like three full minutes until like I looked down and then I had to like just like slowly like unclench my hands. Like I was like, Oh my god. I hate it that. It was wild. So that that moment th- blew my mind and then the rest of the movie I was just like it was insane. I will say this movie isn't universally loved. Um it's definitely more of a critic than a fan movie. Hmm. Um but I'd love to talk about all the problems people have with it. And the most everyone kind of doesn't like the ending. That's usually where people fall apart. Really? But I think this movie, the first time you watch it, it catches you so off guard. <laughs> it's like this movie begs to be watched more than once. And it's totally satisfying to watch it more than once. Like there is not a single thing that I could find in this movie that isn't either set up or planted. Or is, once you know what happens in the movie, right. watching it again, you're like, holy fuck, everything makes sense. Like oh. like this, I see that now. I get why this happened. So like this is a movie where it's like, like some movies, I'm like, yeah, watching it twice, it kind of helps. Like I think people don't like this movie because the first time they see it, they're like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> it ends. And then they're like, oh, that was dumb. And, you know, and then they walk away, but I'm like, no, watch it again. Like, like watch it again and like, yeah, maybe I, listen to someone who's a little smarter than you like talk about it. I'm so interested to hear like what the problems were with the ending when we get to that point. All right, cool, Interesting. Cool. But yeah, so this movie blew my mind and like yeah, I, I actually this is like a completely dumb not dumb, but like this doesn't mean anything and it's not anything, but like <laughs> I was thinking about this where this is I think my fifth time watching this movie <laughs> with you. And this movie came out two twenty eighteen. We're recording this in twenty twenty one. Like it wasn't that long ago. So I was like, damn, I watch this movie a lot. <laughs> and then and then I was like, wait, what the fuck's up with 2018? Because I was like, when I was redoing the Halloween franchise, I was talking about how I watched Halloween 2018. I've seen it like six times already. And that movie came out 2018. Like, I've seen it a lot. Oh, so 2018 is a year. And then uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. How many times oh, I watched that movie? Oh, 2018. Six, six seven oh, times? more than that. Yeah, like since 2018. I was just like, what up with that year? Like, they're dropping these banging movies that just can be rewatched. <laughs> Like over and over again. Good year for movies. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, don't be sleeping at 2018. <laughs> I, I didn't do any more research than that. That's what I mean. That's what I meant by this didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not trying. I don't have a thesis here. I'm just saying that's three bangers from 2018 that I watch constantly. All right, so all it's, right. Uh, so uh, check out that year. <laughs> if you got a favorite 2018, right in. Cool, cool. I don't know what else came out. Some other just cool, cool stuff that like masterful filmmaking stuff. So for. You kind of, I'm sure you noticed, I'm sure you noticed, it's pretty obvious, but the whole kind of, one of the motifs in the movie is Tony Collette building these miniature models oh, and yes. they kind of replicate the, the, the actual sets that we see in the movie. Yes. And then we even do those shots where it looks like we're looking at a model, but then it's actually the set. You know yes. what I mean? So it's not that there's no CGI in this movie, but this is one of those where like everything they could do practically they did without stunt doubles and cgi Whoa. and uh so to to do all these crazy shots with the house was they built the entire house on a sound stage so like the whole house is a set it's not no a real way. house the outside is somewhere else but yeah, yeah. The outside. and they built it in a way where they could easily just slide walls in and out whenever they wanted so if, uh so in order to achieve these crazy shots where like you're outside the room and then you come into it they were just sliding walls away and so, like, they were actually, like, just really far away on, like, you know, like, maybe, like, a crane yeah. or something and then dolly in. Yo. And that's what gives you that effect. Because they get these shots in these bedrooms where you're like, how the fuck is the camera that f- far away? <laughs> it's, it's, with, it's like with uh, when you watch anime, like, really, really good anime. Like, that's where you can really learn some great shots because they're not encumbered by physical placements of the camera. Right. So when you're drawing something, in theory, you could always have it the most beautiful angle that you could ever achieve because you don't have to be like, oh, there's a pillar in the way or right. fuck, I, the, the wall's stopping me. We can't film that way, that which is, is so like a normal crazy. encumbrance. So he kind of, in my, I, I never, he didn't say it that way, but that's what I feel he created 
by sliding these walls out and then you can yeah. just film it. Yeah, I think that was pretty wild. <laughs> I was just even like, you know how you have storyboards for a movie? I'm like, do they build these for movies? Like, you know, because the miniature replications of the rooms itself, like I feel like could even help plan the shots. Yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently the, the guy who made the miniatures and like the DP and like all of them had to be talking constantly because yeah. everything had to match perfectly. And like, you know, like up to like shots and where people were standing and stuff like yeah. that. It's pretty wild. It's, it's and I think good old-fashioned filmmaking. It really is. And I just think the act of seeing um, mini- like someone creating miniature things yeah. on, on camera is something like... The last thing I remember of that is like Indian in the cupboard. I don't know yeah. why it's the second time I bring that up. But like <laughs> we barely see that on screen. So I think that even made it that much more interesting yeah, to watch as part sure. of the movie. But yeah, those the way they made those shots, that's insane. That's yeah. crazy. It's pretty yeah, it's pretty wild. Before we dive in though, can you talk to me about the other actors in this movie? Yeah, yeah. I assume you probably want to start with Millie Shapiro. I first. do. <laughs> so uh this was her first movie, but you know you know what her how she got famous? No. She's uh the original Matilda on Broadway. No. Yeah, so she was the one who originated the so role. So they definitely messed with her face, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She doesn't really... Like, I, it wasn't a lot. They did it subtly, but yeah. Yeah. Like, they, there was some, like... I think there was I, some prosthetics on there and okay, stuff. Okay, there... Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. She's a, she's a very pretty girl. Yeah, I was... <laughs> I, I need to, like, Google her. Um, um, yeah, yeah, but she... Uh, I mean, that, that show was, like, famously went through a lot of Matildas because they grow up fast. Oh, so, yeah. like... I there, saw there was a shitload of Matildas, but she was the very first one for sure. And I watched them. Um, like they had a a musical performance, uh-huh. and they had three Matildas. Oh like, yeah, I've seen the, that. yeah, I've seen I that. showed you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was <laughs> either that might have been before or after we actually saw the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was everybody British? Is she Brit? Like uh, in Matilda, is she British? I mean, does that make her British automatically? Is what I'm saying. Oh, I mean, she was in, like, was it a British show or? Did, so I like, mean, that's where it started, but we have obviously. Oh, it, but she originated it on Broadway. I don't know if she originated it ever. Oh, okay. So. So yeah, actually, I, I didn't up. do that great of research, but I do remember reading she was the first one when it opened on Broadway. Oh snap! So I imagine it was a play before that. Man, to go from, it actually that is insane. Because now that I'm looking at my notes, I actually said, is this Matilda, but scary? Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. I just realized that. I think she might have something, though. Again, I, I don't know this. I didn't look this up. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think she might have something where she does look younger than she is. Because she is like 13, 14 in this movie. Oh, okay. But she definitely looks younger. Like, mm. you know, what I mean? like yeah, when you see her, you th- I, I think like a 10-year-old girl when I see Charlie in this movie. But she's really like in high school. Oh, okay. Um, so I think it might be kind of like a Stranger Things type thing where like they just look, you know, like a little, mm-hmm. younger even though they're, they're decently old. Yikes. Well, she did a great job. And then also her older brother. Yeah, Alex I haven't Wolf. seen him in anything else. I haven't either. I know he's been in some stuff. Actually, him and Gabriel Byrne, who plays the dad, they've played father and son in something before Aww. in a TV show. And one extra thing that I did uh, think was really cool. This was like a happy accident. He didn't do this on purpose. But Gabriel Byrne and Alex Wolf worked together already, played father and son. And then Millie Shapiro and Alex Wolf actually went to school together. They went to the same school when they were younger. No way. So they knew each other from school. What? So Tony <laughs> Collette was like the outsider, but because of the theme of the story and the way he wanted her to feel, it was actually like perfect because she feels disconnected from her family the whole movie. So yeah. it's like they were like, hey, remember? You know, like they already were friends and she was like the weirdo outsider. Whoa. So I think that was uh, a pretty wild. 
Yo, Tony, how is Tony Collette so good? I don't know. I know. She's not the only person to hide her accent, but like, it just blows my mind. <laughs> like, like I was watching the DVD and I was just like, you fuck. <laughs> of course you're British. Fuck out of here. <laughs> it's just so funny how like everyone can be American, but yeah. like Americans can't do that. But like so <laughs> or seamlessly. We can, but no, like... we can. I mean, I mean, James Masters on Buffy is the perfect example. Yeah, like, when yeah. I found out Spike wasn't British, oh. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen to Mary Poppins. He's got his crust all stiffened up with that Nancy boy accent. You Englishmen are always so... Bloody hell. Sodding, blimey, shagging, knickers, bollocks. Oh, God. I'm English. Welcome to the Nancy tribe. That's a great British accent. <laughs> yeah, but it's just Yeah, it's, so... it's more often the other way around. Yeah. Like, and probably just because there's more roles. Like, like, Hollywood has more roles for Amer- people without British accents. True, true. But yeah, she pulled like an uh, Idris on me, you know? Cool. So yeah, I say we dive into this one and... <laughs> Folks, I will say this one won't be broken up into non-spoilers and spoilers, and not because it's not important, but contrary. I think this movie like just litters out clues and awesome stuff throughout the entire thing, and it's going to be too hard to like not want to spoil the ending. So I'll just say this whole thing is going to have spoilers throughout it. If you haven't seen this movie and you're interested, just turn this shit off, man. It's- <laughs> They made a better product than we're making right here. So you come back to us if yeah. you want. But my grade is A+. Plus. You can fast, You can go to the time code at the end to see what Masha thinks. But uh, yeah, watch this movie if you haven't. It's fucking great. Oh my god, let's just get it over with. It's actually kind of messed up because the whole beginning of this movie, I was like, I just wasn't, I know that they love their daughter, but I was just so creeped out by her that I was uh-huh. like, do you do you need her in your life? Yo, like, I don't know. I'm that's just like, <laughs> Do you need her in your life? I was so well, but you have to. Okay, in my shoes, I hate scary movies, and she was freaking scary. So I was just like, Yeah, but you gotta like, you gotta be in the, you gotta live in the world. You gotta know, put yourself in this family's shoes. Like, that's their daughter. Like you're not gonna be like, they don't know they're in a scary movie. Like they're not like. <laughs> Like, think about it, like, when it's, you know, you walk the dog at night, like, you know, it's not like, yeah. you're not scared, you know, but like, you know, it's if, if you were watching a scary movie and someone walked the dog at night, you'd be like, why aren't you looking over your shoulder, you dumb bitch, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, but in real life, it's different. Oh, man, yeah, that was a, that was a messed uh, up thought, but I will say the opening shot of this movie, like, zooming into the dollhouse, you talked about this masterful. already, but like, it's just so, so good. Yeah, it's friggin' masterful. Um, But yeah, I mean, right off the bat, we get the, like... Just the general idea that, you know, this this movie starts with Tony Collette's mother dying. We're mm-hmm. we're at her funeral and we're starting to just get glimpses of like this troubled past. Like from her speech alone, you could tell that Tony Collette like has had a hard life yeah. with her mother. She wasn't it wasn't the most like loving For eulogy sure. of all. And time. you could tell that they were sort of like estranged somehow, like the fact that she didn't know anyone at the funeral really. Yeah. Where the hell does this movie take place? I don't know. Okay. Because there's just like so much. I, I think. I always guess Pennsylvania whenever I see those kind of no, woods. No, I think, I think it maybe I don't know. But I, I thought that the, the setting of this movie was actually like a character in itself. It just uh, felt so empty. I just looked it up. It's Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense to me. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Because I'm like, wow. It, everything is so far away from each other and isolated that like it sort of just pluses up the creepiness yeah. overall so yeah i mean the overall i think like i said so many things happen in this movie that are just so many good surprises and build-ups 
but the the scene we were alluding to earlier before we jump to the spoilers um is the movie's biggest surprise that it has up its sleeve which is it totally feels like charlie's the main character Mm -hmm. especially when you watch the trailer and it felt the main character the main scary force Mm -hmm. and then the film just goes ahead and kills her in the first half hour in one of the most brutal like tension filled like uh, the, the way they build the tension in that scene is so insane but her dying is kind of the catalyst of the real plot of this movie, which then we start seeing this family kind of start getting tormented by this, like, this, this just force or whatever. Kind of almost seems like it's targeting the sun. And then, you know, again, we're, we're, we're going full spoilers here, like, just talking about it right up, right up top. So that way we can kind of rewind mm-hmm. and talk about how the story was planted and this and that. And then all in all, we basically learned that the mother was part of a cult that, that worshipped this one demon yeah. named Payman. And again, I'll go by, into By mother, we mean Tony Collette's mother in the film, the yes, grandmother. Yes, the, the grandmother who died. And they have this like plan that involves their son and, and just kind of taking over their lives and really just orchestrating everything in their lives to follow this grand plan that the grandmother had her whole life. Yes. And it's fucking wild. But yeah, I kind of want to just put that out there so that way, like throughout this, I can kind of like be like you see that's why this happened here and they'll say this happened here for sure but before we do that just masha like as someone seeing it for the first time and only having it seen once so you went into this fully knowing that charlie dies yes. a half hour in. i told you that i wish i didn't because i <laughs> i was shocked that's the scene i was talking about where i was holding my shirt yeah. the whole time while she was no choking but to death. The, t- the tension still worked on me because i knew it was coming so it actually made it a little worse oh yeah <laughs> you know because i was like is it happening now like how does it build up to that? Because the allergic reaction, though it was very hard to to watch, it just lasted for so long, I think. Like, I was kind of expecting her the, everything to happen qui- yeah, more, it, much it, quicker. It, it comes on very slow. Like, yeah. she starts, like, drinking water, thinking that's going to clear her yeah, throat. Yeah, usually when you see a peanut allergy on TV, it's like the it closes up immediately, right? But it actually, like, takes quite a bit of time. Yeah. And I think... Also, the way that they introduce the brother in this movie, he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's going to be a huge part of this movie at all. Uh-huh. I was like, oh man, this old idiot brother like doesn't care about his sister. He's getting high with the girl he likes in the other room. Like yeah. I was just like, the the combination of things building up just made it so scary. Yeah, and, oh. and then yeah, and now, like in the first time I saw it, you just. You don't, and not that no movies ever killed kids, but it's still something you don't really <laughs> expect often. Yeah. And especially with how much time we've spent on Charlie, you just, yeah. you don't expect it. And if anything, if she's going to die, she's going to die from a peanut allergy, not from sticking her head right. out the window well, and getting decapitated. That was the other thing, too. I, I didn't know that it was, I, I know, I feel like you did tell me it was the brother who was driving the car. Uh-huh. But for some reason, I thought it would be like another car coming in the opposite direction uh, in traffic. I didn't think he would be like solo, yeah. no one around kind of thing. Um, Real quick, though, what I learned was, um, I mean, he changed it, but this kind of happened in real life. <gasps> no. Um, these dudes, I think they were teenagers. They were out drinking, like super drunk. And one guy was driving. His buddy was in the backseat. His buddy was like getting sick, like, like super energy drunk. And then he rolled on the window and stuck his head out to like get fresh air. And uh, yes, got decapitated. And the other dude was so drunk, he didn't even see it, didn't even know what happened. And he drove his car all the way home, parked it, went upstairs and went to sleep. And they found his friend in the morning. Jesus. And uh, I'm never sticking my head out of a window again. Ha- never how, again. How often are you sticking your head out of a window? I don't know. I but never stick my head Koda's out of a window. Koda's not sticking his head out of the window. <laughs> Nobody's doing it. Nobody. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Any movie that has a car related death, it's, it becomes real life. <laughs> well, this one was real life. Oh, but yeah, I mean that's that's, that's insane. That's so that, that happened in like 2014. 
but so the, the main sorry that was derailed but the main question i was asking was so like you knew that happened but how just did the rest of this movie right. kind of unfolding like how did that like how did you take that in as someone who didn't know where the plot was gonna go yeah i had no idea where it was gonna go i knew i mean the grandmother angle of it all like the mystery of her and just her not really knowing much about her i i could sense that she was gonna be a huge part of this so i was really interested in the mother daughter dynamic between like tony collette and her mother yeah um at the beginning of this movie and what made me really interested in that is the way that they showed how her mother basically wanted to take control of her family in a sense yeah and what creeped me out the most was the breastfeeding aspect of it yep. all wanting to breastfeed her granddaughter yeah so I knew there was something creepy going on there. And yeah. I thought the way that they showed it was very interesting. Yeah, you kind of get it laid out in these therapy groups. Mm -hmm. And I find it so interesting that, like, uh, for Annie, Tony Collette's character, like, she's willing to go to these groups and talk to, like, you know, a support group for it. But not only is she not willing to talk to her husband or her family about how she's mm -hmm. feeling, she's not even willing to tell them that she's going to therapy. No. She has to lie that she's going to the movies. For sure. So like it, set, it just sets up this like level of disconnect between her and her family. And then once you learn more of the backstory, like what happened between her and her son, you understand like mm -hmm. why there is this divide. For sure. And, I And then the controlling nature of the mom. Like I always, the more I watch it, the more I see that like her entire life her mom has had some kind of negative impact on mm -hmm. everything in her life including her relationship with her husband including her relationship with her kids and like without them even knowing it like it was like this growing like kind for of sure resentful thing yeah the more you watch this movie the more you feel bad for this family because oh, it's, like it's brutal. in the beginning you're like yeah it's kind of weird but like whatever they're probably going through some um like they just had a death in the family but then you see like how isolated everyone really is. Like they're nobody always, really cares about. Everyone's in a room alone always. Yeah, like and the, I felt bad for the dad. Yeah, like <laughs> they'll pop in a room and like talk, but like they're never hanging in the same room. No. They're never like they they they're only together when they feel like they like have to be. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's like oh, we're having dinner, we should all be together. Mm -hmm. Our grandmother died, we should all take it. Yeah, there's some really interesting. I was watching the deleted scenes today for the first time. Uh, most of them, none of them are uh, the scary stuff that got deleted. It was all just like family building stuff early on. And some of it was like really good. And there was like one scene, it was right after the opening of the funeral. Mm -hmm. And uh, Peter's going to bed and then Annie comes in and, and she's just, and he goes like, hey, hey, I'm sorry about your mom, you know, like to, to his mom. And she goes, thanks. I'm sorry about your grandmother. And he was like, thanks. And Weird. I was just like, and I was like, what a what a fucking great way to in <laughs> the writing to show like how disconnected this family is yeah. like like they can't even talk to themselves like oh like our family member is gone it's like oh your mother's gone your like, thank you very much you know it's like Ugh. yeah it's, it's there's some good deleted scenes on there taking horror side like that family dynamic what you were saying earlier of this like starting out as a drama like S super authentic I yeah because <laughs> you already you already have the, the disconnect between annie and her kids mm -hmm. and then you add in the trauma of one of the kids getting killed and the it being the fault of your other kid like you know like yeah. like that alone again if there were no ghosts that alone would have sustained me for the rest of the movie if if that's the route it went you know mm -hmm. just to find out how this family repairs itself yeah after something as horrible as that God. and the dead too i mean i'm i am sympathetic to the dad for sure but the more i watch it the more i want to like yell at him for being so passive about everything like, really? he, like he, he, he wants everything to be like he has the best intentions of anyone in the whole movie like he's always like thinking of other people but he also he's definitely a bit of a pushover in the sense where i don't i, I don't know like he's not taking as much of like an active role 
in, in it. Like, he almost just wants it all to, like, just stop as opposed to being like, what's the real issue here? Like, well, I mean, I, I think that's a little unfair because he's grieving as well. You know, like, you're going to be a little bit of a pushover when you're grieving over your dead daughter. Yeah, try. Yeah, I, I guess I was nobody's just... there to comfort him in this movie at yeah, all. Yeah, that is true. So, yeah. <laughs> I just went to his defense. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean just more in like, yeah, I guess but I, this is all presumed. I, I, no, I, everything I'm saying is presumed because it's not on camera, but I was just thinking like his whole life, I feel like like it's like Annie and the Ma. Like, I feel yeah. like he's just like a no, sideline character I, in this family. I can like. see where you're coming from because he does say like, I got to stick up for my son and everything like that, but he could have done more to your yeah, point. I'm thinking mainly like the dinner scene, like the mom and the son are saying such horrible things to each other. And he's mm. like, guys, can we just stop? Can we please stop? This isn't nice. Like, you know, and like, mm. like I'm like, yeah, you kind of have to be dealing with these problems. Like saying stop is like, like That's they true. said what they said. Like you have to like, th- that doesn't go away by being like, can we all be nice? You know, right. like, it's so I guess I'm thinking mostly of that dinner scene, but I'm not, and I said up top, I'm still sympathetic with him. I'm not trying to say he's like, like he's the yeah. most relatable, like sympathetic character in the movie, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, it's like not there. None of them are perfect. Like, you know, yeah. How did you just take in the overall, like the rest of the pot unfolding of like this cult, this, you know, just overall ending. Like, I just want to know how you took it in before <laughs> I start explaining everything because oh. it's, it's, you know, I hate movies where I, I always hate be, I always say be more subtle, be more nuanced. Don't fucking hit me over the head with what's happening. This movie doesn't do any of that. No. And I think that's why so many people don't like it because, like, it's, everything is, you kind of have to really, like, stare at the screen and take all the information in because a lot of it's not even said visual, like, said audibly. Right. It's visual stuff. And then you have to kind of piece it together and watch it again and right. really understand the story. Yeah. So, like, did it throw you off? Like, like when it ended, were you just like, fuck, what the fuck? Like, yeah. You know? Well, I was thrown off even before the ending, honestly, okay. because I. This movie made me question what reality was. And by that, I mean when she stops going to the focus group, but still continues to see that lady. Yeah. For some reason, I thought, because, you know, she's been lying to her family about where she's going. So I'm like, is she even real? Like, is she hallucinating this lady? Oh, yeah. So it had me questioning that once, by the time we get to the end, I know she's real. (laughs) Like, there's a lot. So there was no, like, there was no way you could have thought Joan was bad because you thought Joan might not even be real. I thought she might not be real, but I did, for a fact, think that she was making Tony Collette's character summon something that is not. Oh, uh, so you didn't you didn't think she actually met Charlie in that moment? Like like in the in the house? I I bought it the first time. Oh really? Yeah. I thought that that was something else. I was like because and I think what hinted to that was the husband saying like what language is this even? Yeah. You know, like I was like, oh that they're summoning something else. Yeah. <laughs> I knew they were summoning something else because it's a horror movie, but I yeah. didn't know necessarily Joan was in on it. I thought she was just another sucker who fell for it mm. because she's like she just seemed so like wanting to believe so fast that like yeah she'll be the first one to, yeah. to get by into this. Um, but I did not think that it would be. Yo, but there's so many clues. Like, and I want to teach you all the clues. Yeah, when no, she, I want to know the before clues. Before <laughs> Joan takes her to the house to do that thing, you can see in the back of her truck she just bought chalkboards, and <gasps> she says. Uh, oh, I'm taking out my, my grandson Louis's favorite thing, his toy chalkboard. This is how we're going to communicate with him. And she just bought that chalkboard right there that day. You know, like, so it's all these little hints like that to be like, oh, yeah, they've been planning this since since day one. Damn. So, like, what do you... I'm just so curious. Is like, what do you think <laughs> happened in this movie? Like, what do you think, like, the demon was? Like, why do you... Like, what do you think Charlie was? Like, well, why do you... Like, do you have any theories? I, I mean... Because I've done... I, and if, granted, I 
kind of know what he was going for, but it did come with reading a lot of what Ari Aster has to say uh-huh. and watching some other people on like YouTube and stuff. So I didn't put all these pieces together myself. Okay. I'd love to, I, f- I feel like I, I like, still have questions. Yeah, I have but... a, as, as much of an, <laughs> and every time I watch it, it makes a little bit more sense to me. Yeah. So um, I'm like, you know, I'm like five watches in where I'm like, I think I got it. <laughs> But well, it's, it just, definitely, it's not easy to just like piece together. It just sounds like the mother who I thought was just a part of this cult and not the leader of it. Yeah. <laughs> the grandmother. The grandmother. Yeah. It sounds like her like heir was Tony's daughter. I'm sorry. Tony Wait, Collette I'm plays so uh, what's Annie. Annie. Annie's what, what daughter. I feel like the grandmother's heir, like the devilish heir, uh-huh. was Charlie. Um, who was, I guess, supposed to be born as a boy, uh-huh. um, but was not. So for that reason, in order to keep the line going, they just needed to do some sort of ceremony to get her into a male body. And for that reason, that's why the son ends up being like that, that sort of portal or body that this heir needs, Charlie yeah. needs to be in. Why that couldn't happen while the grandmother was alive, I don't know. Like, why did she have to die for all of this to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't even say how she died. No, they don't. Oh, creepy. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty. It's pretty like. Okay. It's like the bar- that's like the the main the, idea. Of, like, yeah, what, yeah. What was going on. Um, but what I don't understand, and I feel like there's no answer for this, but like, why? Like, was this a plan all along? Is that why? Annie and her mother never got along. You know, like, yeah. Why did it skip a skip a generation? So here, I'll I'll go into that and uh, apologize if it's if people don't really care. But it's, it's <laughs> like they they the more you listen to the dialogue, and again, like it took me a couple watches to like really get it. Like, uh-huh. it makes, like the the plan just makes perfect like okay. sense. So yeah, they read in that book. Payment is the god that they're trying to resurrect. Okay, his name is Payment. That's okay. right. They keep saying hail payment, hail payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is a real, yeah, quote unquote, real demon. Like an incense of like myth. Like you could read like pre-hereditary Whoa. payments existed, and everything that is in this movie is in like accordance to the real myth. That's so. It's weird saying yo, real because it's you know real. I'm but. surprised if <laughs> I'm surprised there weren't any like shady things happening on set. Unless there did, no, there was not really. Oh man, they got lucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like. The fact that this is like actual myth but yeah so as far as i can tell if you research payment everything kind of lines up to what this cult is doing in this movie and wow. stuff like that um so yeah they're trying to resurrect this this demon and they say in that writing that he can only be resurrected through a male vessel that's okay. what it says on, yes. on the, in that book that when, when uh, annie's reading and these are little th- i didn't catch this one until this time but remember when she's she's looking at the doormats and that's how she learns joan is her friend because she recognizes that the doormat that joan has is the same one that's in the box in the right. attic yes and it says joan and one of them says charles and that's be- that was that was charlie's and that was because she thought charlie was going to be a boy and charlie ended up being a girl uh-huh. and so she was like oh is it gonna be Char-? yeah so that's just the little thing i noticed oh, this time where i was like oh charles was fucking that was you know that was like a one she made early for her granddaughter that yeah. she thought was going to be her grandson so the mom so, sorry, the grandmother has been trying to resurrect payment her entire life. I see. If you recall back, Whoa. and again, this is the watching it multiple times, the very first scene of Annie at the support group when she's talking about her family and her mother and like the, the strain that her mother's put on her, and she talks about how she had a brother and her brother ended up killing himself when he was 16, 
And then that's what estranged Annie and her mom because she knew that her mom had something to do with it. Mm. And at the time when Annie's talking about it, she says she's pretty sure my mom had DID, which is coincidentally the same thing she had on that other show yeah and you know she had all these people talking to her and then she was like my brother inherited that sickness because he killed himself and in the note he blamed my mother saying that she was trying to put people inside of me and oh. so from a from a clinical standpoint yeah he had did also he had multiple personalities right. but in reality he knew that she was <gasps> trying to resurrect payment and use him as like a pawn in this oh my like, god occult thing so that's the you know that that severed that relationship uh, or that then that severed Annie and her mom's relationship because she loved her brother and she was like fuck you like you've you've tormented us my whole life and now he killed himself and blamed you yeah so then she says in that speech early on everything is laid out in that opening speech that's insane. that um her and her mother were estranged for many years and she says when I had my first son I didn't let my mother anywhere near him because mm-hmm. she remembered what happened mm-hmm. to her brother so mm-hmm. she so her mom her the grandmother never got to be anywhere near Peter. If she was around, she would have chosen Peter to be the vessel. He right. was a young boy. He would have done everything. She said, but then she says in that monologue, she's like, but then I started to feel guilty that my my mother was never meeting my children. So then we rekindled during those years. And then when I got pregnant with Charlie, she got really close to me all of a sudden. Mm. And she thought it was her and her mother rekindling. But then she's like, but then she got really possessive of Charlie, you know, demanding that she be the one who feeds her and all that stuff. And then so she was basically. I mean, again, this is all subtext. Like they don't know. Yes, I don't know this exactly, yes. but I imagine the ma, the grandmother had the plan, realized Charlie was born a girl, but then still just kind of grew attached to her and did all this stuff, and then basically made a plan where we're gonna put Charlie's identity into a male Jesus. vessel at some point. You know, like they yeah. they were gonna do that at some point. And then I I don't think the grandma dying was part of the plan necessarily, and I could be wrong. This again, none of this is spelled out, but I I feel like the grandmother dying is what had. Be- that made the rest of the cult members want to put that plan into motion mm. of getting Charlie killed and then putting her body or putting her soul into right into a male so that way because Charlie you know she doesn't speak at all but if she if they make it seem like she talked a lot to the grandma so I think Charlie was like on board because yeah. you know she's cutting heads off the doves she's making pay- those dolls she was making she was making those sculptures that happen at the end that big payment ceremony yeah where, with the dead with the headless bodies bowing uh. like that's what she's building with that dead bird and those puppets and all Jesus that Jesus Christ that I hated it so much so as far as we're concerned like she was on board like to yeah. be payment and all that stuff and one of the reasons why I think people don't like the movie you know it took me the hardest time to really grasp how this could be possible but like charlie's death seems like the biggest coincidence of all time mm-hmm. like how the fuck do you do you calculate a plan in which her mom forces her to go to a party yeah she eats peanuts at the party uh you know th- then they go and hit the thing but and you do have to have some suspension of belief of like what payment can actually influence mm-hmm. um but they do show you that the payment symbol and the cult symbol is on this pole that charlie gets her head taken off of mm. when they drive to the party the camera stays on it and you see it mm. and then later you see it again and you do also one of the great things that i didn't notice this someone on the internet to point it out at the end end when you're seeing all those naked cult members a lot of them are people we've seen throughout the movie oh. so it does show you that the cult has been present in their entire lives and is even present at the party um, that's insane like apparently in the background of the party there's someone watching like black and white footage of a decapitation <gasps> and it's supposed to foreshadow all the decapitations in this movie but it also could be like that's, that's a cult freaking member freaking creepy and part of this uh payment ritual is that they make you kind of eat something so if you notice there's that scene where annie drinks tea and then she's like what the fuck and she puts her finger in her mouth and there's like a black thing on her finger uh-huh that's like the thing she you have to eat in order to like 
make yourself open for payment <gasps> to possess you. And so I never knew this either, but uh, remember after Charlie dies when, when Peter and his friends are smoking weed and yeah. then his throat starts closing up just like yes. hers and he's like, I feel like my throat's getting That's bigger. That's it. So I th- I didn't know this, and I, again, this isn't spelt out, but I think that that's the time they, they put it in his weed because one of his three fucking friends smoking weed with him is in the treehouse at the end, the naked, oh. as one of the cult members. So I think it's like they, they're planting this shit from the beginning. So the way you can see all this influence, and when you see that, you know, when the light comes in, that blue light, like that's payment also kind of just like making you like go do, like go, go towards yes, something he yeah. wants you to go towards. Um, that was so, such an interesting special effect. Yeah, and one awesome effect. You know, you'll never notice this. I got to give a shout out. I, I wish I could give a shout out. I saw it on YouTube, so I don't I don't remember the guy's name, but it was on a YouTube channel kind of dissecting this movie. When Annie goes to see Joan for the first time, Annie's working on her payment stuff. And if you remember, she spills paint on a card. And, and then when she picks it up, she's like, oh, yeah, the Joan card. Right, right, right. Maybe I will go see Joan. When you watch that fucking scene, it's wild. She's doing her paint stuff the blue light comes in the payment light she's like oh that was weird Mm -hmm. you know and then she goes to grab one of her paint things and then there's one that's not anywhere near her hand like there's like a good six inches between her hand and the paint thing and then that's the one that tips forward and spills on the joan letter and so she never touched it so like that was like payment influencing the world so then she and that made her look at it and then go see joan so there's all these like subtle little things that I think is happening in this world. Freaking. So that's why I do believe that the cult actually could make Charlie get decapitated in happen. that sense. Yeah. It's a little bit far fetched, I understand. Like you you'd have to you'd have to really make everything work out perfectly, but like they planted the 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 thing in the road, like you know, this and that. Like and who knows, like maybe one of the cultist members put nuts in the cake, you know? Yeah. And then also because payment can kind of influence you to do things, like you could all it could also be argued that it was just the influence of that that made Charlie eat the cake because Charlie knows she's allergic to nuts right. and she knows to check for nuts because early on, remember, she does, she's yeah. eating chocolate and she was like, are you eating chocolate? And she goes, yeah, it has no nuts. And he was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. you know, like she's well, not I stupid. Mean, after her grandmother dies, she is seeing these people like part of the cult around her. So it's kind of like she's taking signals from them. So yeah. I wonder if like, you know, eating the cake, it's like, oh, I feel like I have to do this. Yeah, yeah. Like it could have just, yeah, yeah it could have been a physical influence or like a. Uh, right. And it, this is so funny because on this, on this show, like this podcast, I normally hate just talking about plot. Like I want to talk about like why a movie is good for so many reasons. Right. But this movie's plot, there's so much about it. Yeah. Like I'm loving. I just. And like every line makes sense. So I think, yeah, I think the line of, you know, my brother killed himself because my mother was putting people inside his head is brilliant. Like they never explain that. Like a bad yeah. movie would bring that back up later in like a flashback. Like they, they'd right. remind you, you know. But and even the um, foreshadowing of Tony's character dying, Annie dying dying yeah like when the when charlie's like who's gonna take care of me when you die it's like she knows her grandmother was always gonna be there to take care of her so she's like how like what's the plan you know exactly Uh, i hate it and uh (laughs) when annie's first given the eulogy she literally says she's like i'm so surprised to see this many people here i didn't Mm -hmm. know my mother had these people in her life that was all the cult yeah every single person that's been and then the overall theme of this movie with the uh, miniatures mm-hmm. the idea of that just like from like a thematic sense was that like this whole family is being played as like a dollhouse by this cult mm-hmm. where like they have mm-hmm. no agency like when peter's in class the teacher's giving a speech about free will and which is interesting because no one in this family has free will like it's a very hopeless movie mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like the whole movie you're in a mystery so you think maybe they'll be able to like get out of this but like when you watch it knowing how it all goes down Damn. you just watch this whole family like think they have hope but they have no Nothing. chance i know sorry 
other things that I picked up on this time that I never picked up on before. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry, Tell I me just, more. Like, this, this, there's Tell no structure me. to this podcast. <laughs> Yo, I never thought of this, but remember the dinner fight scene? That fucking it's yes. horrible fight scene between... What a brutal thing to say. To hear from your mother and yeah. to like say, I just... Yeah. Um, well, what she's like, when she keeps going like, I can't, I can't look at you with that fucking look on your face. Like that face on your face is what she says. Like yes. she's like, every time I look at you, you're fucking sneering at me. And he's like, I'm not sneering. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I always looked at that as like, oh, that was just like, you know, she, she's just like in her mind, he's sneering or whatever, but he's, he's not really. But yo, when he looks in the reflection and sees Holy his reflection moly. with that shit eating grin, I'm wondering if that's what payment is making Tony Collette see also. Whoa. So like, she not only knows that, he never apologized for killing her daughter that he's like smiling at her as if to be like fuck you bitch you know <gasps> like and i don't know if that's true because the movie never shows but it but that'd be crazy but that because yeah i've always that thought of that sense. scene she was like you're always looking at me with that fucking face and he's like literally like half crying he's like i don't know what you're talking about i don't look at you like that and then later like we see that grin yes and i'm like is that the face that he's putting out to the world but he doesn't know he is yeah you know like, oh, oh my god that's so freaking scary Oh, Yo, how, how good is that effect after Charlie dies when he thinks she's standing in the corner of the room and then her head falls off and then it's just like a basketball and yeah, a pile of clothes? Yeah, I hated That's it. That's one of the few times <laughs> they use kidding. CGI and it's fucking perfect. Oh, God. It's perfect. I, I can't. I have a note that says the smoke puff back from the window. Subtle details are crazy. I can't believe you noticed that. That's uh, the breath of one of the cult members outside of his window. Oh, so that was hit like he's smoking weed, but then they purposely added extra smoke coming in, and it's, okay, it's like it's because it's cold out, and it's the breath of one of the because they keep talking about how cold it is outside. Yes, yes. The of the thing. Oh, I guess yeah, I so caught that. <laughs> there's tons of things like sound design wise when they come home from the funeral. If you put the volume really, really, really loud, you can actually hear people walking around the house, and then the second the family opens the door, they stop. So it's like there's always cult members in the house, always just fucking with them like puppets, like. You know what I mean? And that's when we were going earlier about like people asking people have criticisms. I think people just didn't like buy the cult angle because like I said, it requires you to pay a lot of attention and I think it requires you to watch it more than once. Yeah. So everyone, you know, people think it's like paranormal activity. You just expect a ghost story. Right. And then I think they just couldn't buy this whole like weird cult and then everyone's naked and like that probably threw people off. That's so like, strange because yeah. I bought it a hundred percent and I like I love I don't it, know, like, maybe I was pay like I feel like you should pay attention to a movie when you're watching it. I like know. I feel That's like, why, like <laughs> to our listeners, like we have like not that we have like rules when we do it for the podcast, but like if one of us needs to look at our phone even to write a note, like we pause the movie. Yeah. Like we don't tolerate like not staring at the screen. Like you have to you have to watch the movie. Like, right. Because I hate when I'm showing someone a movie and they're fucking texting. <laughs> and I'm always just like, do you want me to pause it? Like, right. Like, what do you... I don't understand. Like, Because I do it. Like, you can't text and watch a movie at the same time. Yeah. Like, you'll miss it. You'll just miss... And if, if it's the kind of movie where it doesn't matter, whatever. Yeah. Like, we watched Blades of Glory last night. If I had to send a text, I think I could survive. <laughs> yes. But with this movie, it's like, you gotta no. watch a fucking movie. I gotta say... Like, even eating during it, I don't recommend. Oh, Because you no. have to look down at your plate every once in a while to, like, see what you're eating. Like, yeah, you know? absolutely. There, there's so many Easter eggs, yeah. like, while watching this movie. And granted, watching it two or three more times, like you did, um, would help. I'm gonna watch like, the rest of my life. <laughs> it's, I'm never gonna get bored of this movie. It's so good. But I think, like, I know you said this movie is hopeless and everything, but, like, I still think that these characters could have made better choices, like... 
as much as I felt bad for the brother at the end, I was still absolutely shocked. Like, I can't imagine being so shocked that I killed my sister that I'd go to bed and wait for my mom to discover her in the car. I don't know. I kind of do believe it. Really? Like, A, he's a teenager, so you got to put the emotional maturity of a teenager, not of, like, an adult. I guess you're not thinking about the traumatic... No, you're not thinking about anything. Like, you, like, are you kidding me? Like... (laughs) Think about how many hit and runs, how, like how many people hit people with their cars, see them not moving and then drive away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like shock is a motherfucker. I, I think, I think it's kind of unfair to like, you, there's no way you would know that feeling. Like, like, but just to know that it's going to happen, like they do a close up of his face. We don't see, to- we don't see Annie discover the daughter in the car, so but we know what's in the car. It's, close up on his face. And we hear her going. Hey, honey, I'm gonna go out and get some bread. Yeah, or whatever. you like, hear everything. Oh. You know, you know, like those, these are the last moments your life is ever gonna be normal mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you walk out that door, everything's gonna change for the worst. Yeah, until you're dead. Like, like, and not because you're gonna die in this movie. Like, even if you lived until you're 90, you will never be the same. Like, yeah, to see your daughter's headless body in the backseat. I don't know. I don't after know. the night of potential bug, like you know, it's even grosser. Like, I'm not I, saying, I, you know, it's obviously. Like, not everyone would do that, but I could understand why. Especially, you know, they they also say, because payment not only needs a mail vessel, it needs to be a weak mail vessel. Mm. And they purposely show, there's actually a really good deleted scene that I kind of wish was in it, where Peter's, like, crying in his room after Charlie dies. And mm-hmm. the dad comes in and he's trying to, like, play it cool. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But then he, like, starts breaking down and he keeps, like, repeating, like, why did she die? Like, I should have been the one who died. Like, she could actually do stuff. She could draw. She was talented. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't do anything. I'm a fucking loser. Like, you know, like, he keeps, like, repeating that. Like, I fucking smoke weed. I don't have any any ambition, any talents. Like, Uh. like he's saying that and his dad's, like, trying to, like, calm him down. And like, stop saying that, you know. But, like, it's showing that, like, his version of himself is, like, you know, he just feels like a fucking loser. And, like... Like, I don't know, I could, I could, it's not, he's not meant, built as being a very strong person. No. So, like, I, I, I bought that he dealt with it that way. Mm. Like, and then especially the fact that, and then we find out later that he never once apologizes, never once talks to his mother about it, never, like, just literally just goes like, yeah, it happened. You know, like, yeah. it was like, like, the like Peter specifically, I actually do, I kind of buy it. Okay. I'm not, I guess it's less of be buying it and just more being shocked by that's how he reacted. And, I, I don't, yeah, but I don't think but, that was, like, I don't think he had a choice in how he reacted. Like, I, I, like, could you like really put yourself in that shoes? It's one in the morning, and then you're gonna go upstairs, wake your mom, shake your mom, and be like, I don't know. I might just go straight to the hospital at that point. You know, like, like at the cafeteria. If it's one thing, if it's like, oh, she got hit, maybe she'll survive. Go to the yeah. hospital. Like the head is off. Like, I don't what's know. What's the hospital gonna do at this point? I know, but I just wouldn't put that on somebody else. Oh no, yeah. It's not. <laughs> but again, this yeah. is why this is a. A story about a fucked up family. I know. Well, th- yeah. And then also remember his backstory with his mom. Like, I know. His mom in her sleep covered him in gasoline. Yeah. Yes. So that's another thing I want to talk about because the the son was very interesting to me. Like I said, I did feel sympathetic for him at the end. Like yeah. by that point, I was like, oh man, like this really sucks for everybody. But I do think that the moment that that experience happened with his mom when his mom tried to burn him. Yeah. I think he stopped growing from there, like mentally yeah, speaking, 100%. because throughout this movie, I'm like, this kid is a teenager, but he's coming off as like an adolescent. Yeah. Like the way he says mommy and like just the way he reacts to things. Yeah. It's like he just stopped emotionally maturing from that point on in yeah. his life. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And it almost really creeped me out, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
so many just like you just thinking of individual moments like you know, when they first conjure the demon and like Charlie's <sighs> spirit takes over the mom that was so scary that's freaking tony collette man she like the, the fact like <laughs> I'm not going to be the first one to say this, but the fact that the Oscars gave nothing to this movie, not even a nom. It's it like, doesn't make you. sense. Like, the Oscars just don't like horror, and I don't know why. If this were, if, if there was no ghost in this, Tony Collette would have gotten so many statues. This is the classiest horror movie I think I've seen. Like, she <laughs> deserved her Oscar nom for Sixth Sense 100%, but, like, I think this performance is, like, so much more dynamic and mm-hmm. bigger because she wasn't the star of Sixth Sense. She was, like, mm-hmm. the fourth lead. So it's like this. She's the lead, and she has to do so much more heavy lifting in this yeah. movie. Yeah, her like breaking down, crying like outside the bed, like the way she was like just yelling, it hurts. Like yeah. that's so realistic. Like she's just such, just bawling so hard. <laughs> she's just literally grabbing her chest, like it hurts, and like you yeah. know, like like to be that devastated that like. I think if you had a camera of like the audiences watching this movie, like I know that I made the ugliest face. Like my face was so not pretty watching this movie because it was just like disgust the whole time. (laughs) Just like watching her go through this emotional traumatic experience. But yeah, when when Tony Collette's playing Charlie, when she was just like, why is everyone looking at me? Why is everyone so scared? Like, you know, like. Yeah. You had to go back to, to get off the story for one second just to go into the talking about how they wanted to make everything practical that chalkboard writing on itself that was real like they they tried to do everything not cgi uh-huh. they built these not built but like they got these incredibly strong small magnets and they put it in the chalk and the chalkboard uh-huh. and from behind where it was able to make the chalk stand up on its own and write that message yo i'm telling you call back time. to matilda yeah <laughs> But I'm saying like, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. else could just do that CGI for sure. Seconds. Like it would look fine in CGI. It would you wouldn't even notice it, you know? Yeah. Like, like to the point where I didn't notice this was real. And then when I found out, I was like, really? Yeah. And uh, Tony Collette cutting her own head off, like that was her up there oh, God. with a whole fake prosthetic neck doing that herself. Like it wasn't <sighs> like they didn't because like there are times like when Tony Collette's fucking crawling on the walls at the end. There's a part where I'm like, oh, that's definitely a stunt double. And then the stunt double just stays in frame and it slowly gets more and more lit. And I was like, it's fucking Tony Collette. <laughs> like, like I was like, she crawled on that goddamn wall with wires. Like they didn't, they, like there's very few. And like Millie Shapiro too, like she talks about, she actually had so much fun filming her death scene. Cause she was like, I got to be strapped to a car going 40 miles an hour while I was hanging out the side of it. Oh, like she loved really? it. She said it felt like a roller coaster. But, like, even that, like, I feel like other movies wouldn't strap a, a 13-year-old to the car like that. They would just figure out a way to do it. Yeah. You know, like, hide it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, oh. So, yeah, movie's masterful. They, they fucking figured out uh, how to make candles that light themselves on cue. So, all the time the candles would light in the room, like, yes. over just real candles that lit with real flames. Like, they weren't CGI candles later. Wow. It's, like, old-school movie making. Like, this is really, this is, like, this is, like... <laughs> Not that it's a remake of The Exorcist by any means, but it like it feels like a modern Exorcist. Interesting. Like what that movie did in the seventies, like this is like doing it in the twenty eighteen. Mm. The last thing, the one one. No, oh, Jesus, I can't speak. Do whatever you wanted to do. That <laughs> have you ever had a dream? Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you. You you could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. One of the major things that stuck out to me too, and my mind immediately went to Harry Potter, was this whole this book, right? Yeah. That 
Tony, uh, Annie tries to light on fire and then, you know, her arm goes Lights on fire. On fire so yeah. she's like tied to this book somehow. Yep. So there's no way to destroy it. And this is Charlie's book that she did her drawings in. Yep. And, and more drawings have been appearing in it. Exactly. And, you know, the first thing I wrote down was, oh, my God, it's her Horcrux. Like, uh. <laughs> you know, like if you destroy the book, you destroy her. <laughs> That's funny. So I was not expecting the twist that when she burns the book, she was expecting to die, but actually burns her, her husband, husband alive. Yeah. So brutal. Holy mo- Like. <laughs> yeah. I know. I I was crushed thing. by that yeah. point. And that's like that's where I think that's where you truly know like there's no hope. Like they like mm. this this demon has you no matter you're not going to fool it. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. like like and the, and is you're playing by the fucking demon's rules too because like by no account did it ever show that the book would hurt Steve, but like at the same time it's like oh yeah, no, it's like it's tied to you and it's going to ruin your life like no yeah. matter how we have to. And then there's also all this other stuff. Um, I didn't go too... I know it seemed like I'm a fucking payment expert based on what I was saying earlier, <laughs> but actually, I'm honestly not that interested in stuff like that. I'm not disinterested in it, but I don't really care that much. Like, like real-life mysticism. Don't and, anger and, them, Andy. No, I mean, like, learning about it. <laughs> okay, like, I'm not, okay. I'm not that, like... It doesn't, like, spark me so much or I want to spend the next three hours learning about the origins of where the payment came from and which culture created it. Right, right, right. So I'm not the best person to talk to about that. What's great about this movie is if you are that person, fucking have Go at in, it because yeah. it's actually very it's true to the source. Um, but a lot of the other stuff I can't really explain because I didn't want to do all the reading. But <laughs> there, all the rituals for payment does involve like three headless people, so that's why it was like like Charlie's body, the grandmother, and Annie. It was like the lineage of them all being mm-hmm. decapitated. So it's it's all this stuff does like that that seems random. Like at the end, it actually like ties in so well if you take the time to learn the the origin of the cult. I... Well, the cult's not real, but the the payment is real. Yeah, I this I mean it has to be rated R, right? So because yeah. <laughs> the the naked I I was just naked people you know like i wasn't expecting to see full-on penises in this movie (laughs) and that's what creeps you out right like you were talking about how like it's scary to go to the bathroom at night yeah i'm always afraid every time i watch this movie for the next three weeks when i pee uh, in the middle of the night i just i'm scared to look in the corners of the room because i don't want to see a smiling naked man (laughs) i'm like oh fuck (laughs) it's so that and randomly i don't know why it just really scares me when Peter's at school and then Joan is across the highway expelling him from his own fucking body mm. when she's just yelling. She's going, Peter! Peter! Get out! And he's like looking around and no one's reacting to this lady yeah. and he's like performing. And I'm like, for some reason that scares me too. Like, oh. like sometimes I think of that I'll be like peeing in the middle of the night and I'll be like, what if I just started hearing like, Andy! I'll be like, oh my god! <laughs> no! <laughs> you know? This, this movie, man. This movie and Hill House are the two... <laughs> Most disruptors of my nighttime tea. <laughs> like, I couldn't. The fucking bent neck lady every night for uh, weeks. I was like, I'm going to see that fucking bent neck lady. I know it. Uh, and then just, I'm just like, God, they have cult members in my house. I know they're here. <laughs> I think what I'm discovering is one of the things that creep me out the most are altered body movements or like disfigurations. Yeah. Because, like, when he's in the classroom and he puts his arm up like that. Yeah. I that was like one of the creepiest parts for me. I did not like that at all. It's fucking nuts. They just just bashing his head into the thing. Yeah, and just the trauma all around. Like, imagine being in that classroom. Yeah. Oh man, I felt so bad. Woo. Yeah, this movie's movie's effective. 
It really is. I'm trying it to, really is. Yeah, like I know we're just jumping all around, but oh, I just another like bit of subtlety. Yeah, just just remember this whenever I'm like bashing on f- future movies we do. <laughs> whenever I go like, you know, like no, I don't try to shit on enough, but like me saying the ending, like why did they have to replay? Yeah, the guy the, the giving VO. her advice. <laughs> yeah, like like we could remember that she got advice. And so I love when it's just like, don't, you don't harp on shit. You just let it play. Mm-hmm. And like, yo, that little tiny moment of the dad after he picks up Peter bleeding in the backseat of the car. And then he's like, you can clearly tell he's like, what the fuck am I going to, my son's going crazy. My wife is lost. Mm-hmm. My kid's dead. And then he almost runs that red light and gets hit by a car. Yeah. And then just starts bawling out crying. Like, that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that said so much to me about his character that like, like he clearly feels like he's the one in the family who has to feel like to be the the, the strong one who's not letting this affect him. Like he's got to be the rational yes. one. Everyone else is going crazy, yes. and he's every single day he's fighting against like breaking down. Yeah, and then like literally he almost like killed him and his son just from like a moment of like being too wrapped up, and then it just that was the last straw, mm-hmm. and he breaks down and cries. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's he write a character, man. <laughs> and I didn't hear the voiceover of him going, and from that day on, I knew that. I wasn't going to be the wall of this family right. anymore. Like, you know, it's like, fuck you and your voiceovers. Fuck you and your flashbacks. <laughs> Just understand that I'm going to remember stuff. And if not, if your movie's good enough, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, it's, it's on us. Yeah. You like, gave this us one, all the... This was when we were still living with Tommy and Momoto, my brother and sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. And, like, I watched this three days later with Momoto. Like, I think I watched it before you came home. I think yeah. I watched it twice that weekend. Because <laughs> I saw it on, Crazy. A, on, like, a Friday. <laughs> and the next day, I was like, yo, can't see. I don't care what you guys are watching tomorrow. Yeah. Me and you were watching yeah. Hereditary. <laughs> You're going through this trauma with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then during the decapitation scene, I was just watching her. Like, I was even watching <laughs> the screen. I was like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Yo, and that trailer, man. The trailer doesn't even show you that Charlie dies. Nothing. No, everything. It doesn't. Yeah, it's all from the beginning of the movie. And which, then, or they, not And all, everything but. that they show you of characters grieving Charlie, they, they cut it in a way where it looks like they're grieving the grandma. Yes. So it's brilliant. So you never know that it's not a movie about just the grandma. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she finds those pictures of Joan uh, and her and her um, and her mom. Yeah, yeah. The actress who plays Joan oh, is can so. Can we talk good. about the the dream sequence when when she's uh, outside Peter's bed? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because it's like a double dream. Like first she comes and she sees Peter being eaten alive by the ants, just like Charlie was. Mm. What at what point in it did you know it was a dream during the conversation? Because they start saying some fucked up shit to each other in the conversation. It ends up not being real, but I think I thought it was real though. Sorry, because we've watched this a while ago now. Well, because first she says, like, I wish you were never born okay. or whatever. But then she goes. She <gasps> covers her she mouth. covers her mouth. And that I still thought it was real. I thought it was real at that point, too. But then she takes her hand off her mouth and says more fucked up shit and then covers it again. Mm-hmm. And does that like three times. Yeah. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. Why would she do that? Like, no. you don't cover your mouth three times. Like, you do it once. Like, oh, my God. You know? Right. Well, be- because they had summoned Charlie before that yeah. moment, I thought that maybe whatever they summoned was making her like sort of speak you out uh, her true feelings but even though it was a dream i do think everything she said was true oh for sure like yeah. when she was just like i never wanted to have you i tried to have a miscarriage and he's like how and she's like i did everything i could i did everything yeah. you told me not to and you still were born and yeah. i was like that's so fucked up yeah like, that means like she was just drinking taking pills throwing herself downstairs like and he still wouldn't die yeah like to kill your firstborn like but also you know it could have been subconscious where she just remembered her brother and she was like what if my mother gets her hands on this kid mm-hmm. like you know like there could be i mean that's why the movie's called hereditary because the whole thing is it's all an allegory for family trauma it's mm-hmm. like it's like if something fucked up happens that trickles down generation to generation and like yeah. no matter how yeah. 
how much you try, like, you're going to have the burden of those who came before you. Mm. You know, like, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's DID, whether it's, you know, something. And you might not have it, but you're going to have the repercussions of it. Yeah. And it's like, and this, again, someone smarter than me on YouTube figured this out. But even the end credit sequence, it's fucking awesome where, like, it'll say, you know, like, directed by Ari Aster. And then one letter in it becomes bolded. Like, so say, like, the, the I in Aster. And then that letter drops down to the next name, and then it'll be like the I oh, and Tony Collette. Wow, that's and then it, great. One of her letters, and it's just supposed to be like it's like the lineage. Yeah, yeah. the lineage. It's just like it's like a visual way of doing that's this movie. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> that movie's perfect. Yeah, the... I really I don't, have, I don't have one thing I could say that I think this movie doesn't do right. Like, wow. uh, it's, but yeah, that that when they're ta- just yelling at each other, and then all of a sudden they're both covered in lighter flu- in the lighter fluid or kerosene, whatever it was, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the dream, and then the fire just comes up. It's like, oh. That was so scary. It really... This movie is like... It's dead-ass. Like, it's so scary in all the right ways. Like, there's one or two jump scares, but there's almost none. Like, there's, like, the bird hitting the window. Like, there's a couple of times where they do it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't rely on it overly at all. Like, it's all, like, built creepiness out of knowing the characters. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, like Peter giving, sticking his hand in the air and slamming his face on the desk. Yes, it's scary, but it's much scarier after we've watched everything Peter's been through. Mm-hmm. And just to know, like... And then we've also read the thing that, like, Payman needs a, someone in a weakened, like, mental state. So we just know the whole movie is just Payman beating this kid down. Like, yeah. Like, he is just getting tormented, like, putting Charlie in his room, making him hear the clucks, like, all this stuff. Like, just making him feel alone, spiking his weed, like, you know, yeah. putting someone in his friend group. Like, you know, like, all this shit. So crazy. It's almost like every time one of the family members wants to end their own life, it's, like, not in their power to. Yeah. It's, like. They're like, well, you're not going to die until we tell you. Yeah, I mean, it seems die. like the brother who hung himself at 16 had the best life. It was yeah. just fucked up. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like he's the one who escaped, I guess. But yeah, like, it's, I'm almost out of stuff to say. Yeah. But I just, I well, I will just say the ending, what I, what I found myself questioning was once Charlie's finally in her brother's body and, like, is looking at all those people, like, bowing to her slash him yeah. and them telling her who she is yeah your payment now i couldn't read the face enough to know whether they were happy or not who's they charlie oh slash her bro <laughs> yeah i can't tell and also i think at that point it was well the bro's dead yeah yeah. you actually sorry. see it um i don't know if you noticed it because again i didn't the first time but when when uh when the brother throws himself out the window and kills himself like yes. you literally watch his shadow leave his body oh. like like his shadows on the ground and you see it like animate out and then the blue light comes in. I saw the blue light yeah. come in, but I didn't like, see the shadow. Yeah, it's really cool. Wow. It's a cool shot. But yeah, so at that point, I think Peter's completely gone. Okay. And it's it's this weird hybrid of Charlie and Payman. And again, it's it's deliberately vague, but it would have been very corny if if they were like she became Payman and he was like, ah, I have risen, the yes. Lord. So like, I like the idea where like when you resurrect Payman, it's like it's still a person. And it might not even be fully aware of what it is or what it's capable of. And it still requires like a lifetime of them, of the cult, like, you know, like sort of like raising it to yeah, be what yeah. it's supposed like, to be. Like, I think like, like payment won't be its full potential until Peter's maybe 20 years older, you know, but mm-hmm. like, so I think that's a more realistic route. Like, I think it would have been so corny if he like smiled at the camera and I was see, like, I I see. I'm here. That's fair. Payman. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's like, it's a very over the top story like you know literally by the end tony collette's headless corpse is floating like it's it's not like realistic in that sense yeah. but i i think it's like if this could have happened i think this is like it's it's a little bit more quote-unquote yeah. realistic 
and or it looks at it in a way of of uh, just kind of like yeah, I don't know, not over the top. Okay. And the last thing I'll say is it it's an interesting look at how hell is sort of operated to have more than one sort of like leader. Yeah, like like different, yeah, like It made it even more scary to me. Yeah, cuz he's, <laughs> he's only just one demon who roves around hell. Like he's yeah. not the ruler or anything. Like, yeah. Like there's presumably other cults for other, you know, other So things. that to me opened up the world. Yeah. Even more. All right, I do have one best worst. All right, let's do it. I didn't come up with any because it's not really that fun of a movie, and best worst no. is a very fun game. And also, I, I've already said I think it's perfect, so worst <laughs> will be hard on anything. But yeah, if you want to, let's do one quick round. I just noted this one because this was the one part that took me out of the movie a little bit. So mm. um, best worst special effect. Oh, interesting. Um, and I'm just going to start out with my worst. Um, I thought that the bees or whatever flies in the attic were just the one thing that took me out because they were the least realistic special effect to me in this whole movie. Fair. Because like the when she walks into the attic or when any, anybody does and they're flying around, like you could just tell that they're, they're not, not there. Yeah. I might have to do that too because I I can't think of one that another one that I don't think is effective. Yeah. Like I love the the I think the blue light is a perfect way to show payment. I think yeah. the the obviously like they they built an animatronic Millie Shapiro for the head machine. Oh god. So like there was like <laughs> an exact replica of her that could do simple movements. That's the thing that they actually stuck out the window for the head to get cut I off. Because again, <laughs> like you know, I it, it's such a cliche thing to be a film nerd and be like I hate CGI, but like it just fucking shows like. When you put the work in, it's always looks yeah. better. It, like it's so much harder. It's so much more money. It's 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 so much more time. Probably consuming. more risky. Oh, way more risky. <laughs> like I get it. Like I'm not yeah. trying to be like, but like I still won't forget. Like the new Candyman. I enjoyed a, a good amount, but at the end, when that motherfucker is surrounded by bees, <laughs> it looks like trash. Yeah. And that's because I've seen Tony Todd with fifty real bees in his mouth. And then I've seen him open that mouth and watch the bees float out of it. And I know the filmmakers have to put a fucking dental dam in his throat to keep the bees from crawling down his throat. Uh-uh. And he had to learn how to breathe through his nose exclusively. Leave me out of it. Leave me out of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, that's horrible and it's hard to do and it requires lots of money and Tony Todd got stung a bunch. But I'll never forget that moment. I'm going to forget the end of Candyman 2020. Like, it's just like he walks around and there's just digital bees around his head. I'm like, all right. Yeah. It just doesn't look that good. And I, I'm only calling this out because the rest of the special effects. Are in no, I agree. So and I'm, I'm piggybacking on it too because I do. I never, oh. I don't, I never, it never took me out of it, but I never fell in love with it and I fell in love with every other effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what my favorite is. I mean, it might be Charlie turning into the basketball. standing in the corner because like i've watched it frame by frame and i still like don't see like the digital cuts i'm just like because it's like it's her it's the actress yeah yeah. and then she leans forward and then at some point that head transforms into a basketball and rolls forward and it's so (laughs) scary it's really good yeah that and then the chalk because the fucking chalk (laughs) by itself yeah but also i mean even the fire like setting the dad on fire like that's just that's good old fashioned setting a stuntman on fire like there was nothing else i was reading that like they had to spend the whole day they had to, for safety reasons, they had to like make a version of like her dress that was flame retardant, like the couch at the uh, a version of the couch that was flame retardant, a version of the rug because they were literally <laughs> setting. Sounds like end. you're saying flame retarded. Retardant. Oh. <laughs> it's the word you use. I know, I know. Uh, so the couch was flame R word, and the the, <laughs> the clothes are flame R word, and the. <laughs> is that what I have to do? No. <laughs> is that is that right, is that the new normal? Forget it. <laughs> My best is actually what I did not like. 
at all, um, which was Tony Collette decapitating herself. Oh yeah, that I did. Fuck them up when you bet. <laughs> that shit is so. I'm like holding my neck as I'm talking about it. Like the camera like stays. Like they're so confident in how good their effect looks. Yeah. Like if they weren't confident, it would have cut away. But you just see her just slowly sawing her own head off. I hate it. With like, like a string. With with the piano wire. Oh. Because yeah. in the scene earlier, the piano's tipped over. So, you, so that she got the wire. Yeah. So it's my best, but oh. I hate it the most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tony Collette banging on the door with her head. Yeah. Just upside down on the ceiling. Yo, because you hear it. Like the whole scene, he's mm. behind the locked door and you hear. Yeah. And you think someone's doing what I'm doing, which is slamming their fist on the thing. Yeah. And then it cuts and that's her head going at that speed. It's so fast. It's so fast. It's, and then because it's, it's so scary. I, and then she, all of a sudden she's just in the room. Like, How is Toni Collette not more in more horror movies? Apparently she hates it. Really? Uh, she hates doing horror movies. In, in an interview I saw, and she said she only said yes to this one because the script. She was like, I can't. She's like, I would have been insane to not take this movie. Like, wow. But she like tells her managers and agents like she doesn't want to do horror. She's so good at she, it. She has way more fun doing like stuff like Knives Out. Like she loves comedy. Uh huh. Um, I mean, she's great at everything. And apparently, the United States of Terror. You know, like so. I think that's what she really likes to do. Mm. But I think it's because she got her Oscar nom for Sixth Sense, and this movie she's just known for. So I yeah. think people like want to give her like a scream queen mm-hmm. thing but i don't think she's into it like i could see her in the next season of that freaking show um horror story horror story yeah, yeah i don't know i i kind of like her she's in like classy horror like i like american <laughs> horror story but it's not burn on that show oh it's campy as fuck <laughs> like I, I don't love that show but i like it uh certain seasons more than other but it's yeah. uh it's not subtle horror it's the most <laughs> on the nose horror you've ever seen in your life That's like funny. it's very what you see is what you get with that show. There's yeah. not a lot of nuance sprinkled in. <laughs> so, no, I wouldn't want her there. Oh, uh, cool. That's good for the Sarah Paulsons of the world and stuff. Like, um, Burn on Sarah Paulson. No, it's, it's a different type of horror. I like <laughs> I'm just kidding. I literally started this thing being like, I like Blumhouse I'm, and I like A24. I'm just instigating. You're that's an instigator. all. <laughs> Why don't you guess tomatoes? <laughs> I mean, you did say this was a critics loved, like, critics ah, love this. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, like, put, like, them in the 90s, some, like, 92 critics. All right. Um, 78% audience. Uh, a little off on both. Oh, shoot. Critics was 89. Damn. Well, not 3% off. Yeah, I said a little off. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, and then audience was 60%. 60? People don't like this movie. I talked to a lot That's of people who don't low. like this movie. Like, I talked to a lot of people who don't like really? this movie. It blows my mind. I'm like, yeah. I'm always just like, what's like? I think you're just wrong. Like what's I don't know. Like like I so like movies are opinions. Obviously, there are tons of movies I love that when people don't like it, I'm like, I feel you. I get why you feel that way. I don't know what the fuck wrong with you people. Do it's, you guys watch the same movie? Like, like this is just masterful. <laughs> like there's not a, like even watching the deleted scenes, it was weird because I was like, usually in movies, like deleted scenes or whatever, they just shit they threw away. But right. I'm like, this movie, like every frame is so fucking important that like these deleted scenes actually mean a lot. Wait, like, but what besides is it really just the ending and like just the disbelief of this cult storyline? Oh, I think so. I've never seen anyone talk shit about the Charlie death scene or anything like that. Like I think everyone just got so hyped up in what this story could be, and then they didn't like that it was like a weird cult story. Oh. I think they just wanted like it to be a ghost or something. I don't really they know. They wanted it to they probably wanted it to be like the grandmother, like getting revenge or something. Yeah, just something way more like easy to like something like sinister. So you know, just something easy to Interesting. And it doesn't help that there's almost no explanation. Like all that stuff I told you about the cult, that was after watching this movie four times and yeah. reading online. So I didn't have I didn't come to those conclusions 
after seeing it once. I was pretty confused. Oh. I did not like it, but I was just confused. I was like, what's... I was like, what are they saying? (laughs) Kale Payman? I think I watched, like... Or I'm very intrigued by, like, cult stuff. So maybe that's why it, like, clicked for me the first time I watched it. Yeah, like, I I was just like, what what are they... (laughs) Oh, I got it wrong. It's sixty-eight percent audience, not sixty. Okay, I mean that's still low in my opinion, but like, yeah, that makes more sense. Um, Uh, so do you want to um head to beyond the credits? Totally. I think this section is going to be really short, but all I gotta say is what I said earlier is the fact that they introduced this idea that there are more than one like leader of hell i think is very interesting and i think that could open up into its own story like Like, you don't have to stay with this family almost like the conjuring universe how there'll be like a movie about the nun but it's not necessarily about the other characters (sighs) it's like exactly in that world exactly i I think with that yeah i that's my beyond the credits but you'd still have to like again i like this movie because it's about a family dealing with grief not because it's about a demon named payment no i so it's like you would still need a, a, a human reason to tie me to want to see oh for sure another explanation yeah for sure i i think you could successfully do that like you could just hop around to all of these stories of like families like trying to bring uh, dealing with their own thing but then like somebody's trying to bring this thing to life and then maybe like the wrap up is like finally all these demons are where they want to be. Like, what's the intention of that? Yeah, I like that. And then explore that as well. All right. If the right person made it, I'd be into it. Right. But in general, I think it just you leave this one alone. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like the hereditary universe. Yeah, like, yeah. What what can you explore that's being passed down? Like you said, from each family, and mm-hmm. like how does that destroy their family ultimately? Ah, I like that. I like that. Cool. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I kept. I didn't. I don't want them to touch it. I don't think there's anything to go. And it's right. not really, where do they go from here? I mean, payment fucking <laughs> is out. Like, I don't even know yeah. what that means. And I don't even want to see what that means because I like the subtlety of the movie. Like, yeah. I don't want to see a movie of payment ruling <laughs> the world as Charlie as Peter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> as like, Charlie as Peter. <laughs> um, so I'm good on that. Yo. So, yeah. yeah. And the last thing I'll say is how, like, whoever they cast as the grandmother in this movie really cashed in, like... Oh, yeah. You didn't have to say one thing. You just had to look like you. Yeah. (laughs) Let them build, like, a headless puppet of you, basically, (laughs) and call it a day. Oh, that's hilarious. Sorry, Mash, I'm going to jump into my final thoughts here. All right. Um, This is all going to be repeating shit I said earlier, but I just got to get it out one more time in case people don't know my stance. I think this is one of the most effective horror movies of the entire decade. I, I, I haven't made a list, but I would put this in the top five of 2010s. <laughs> bloom, bloom, do this shit. It's also <laughs> one of my personal favorites. Like, I, I would put this in my favorite 10 horror movies ever made. It's Damn. it's so good. Like, I never thought... For for almost 10 years, I touted The Babadook as the best horror of the 2010. Mm-hmm. And then at this, I like more than The Babadook. And I love The Babadook. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this is, like, masterful... Um, and then just like on a surface level, I find it just effective every time it tries to do anything. Like whatever motion the movie wants me to feel, I'm feeling it. So if I was like early on, like I understand the frustration of Tony Collette at the two kids. I understand the frustration of the brother with the, with his sister and his mom he doesn't like. I understand the frustration of the dad and like like this family of his falling apart. And and then every time it wants me to be scared, like if the movie wants me to be scared, I'm scared. Like it's, there's never a point where I'm like, oh, I get it. That was supposed to be scary. Like, like yeah. I'm always scared and it wants me to be scared. I'm I'm heartbroken when it wants me to be heartbroken. I feel trapped when the movie's like, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like it just everything it sets up. I think personally, it pays off. And it's just that's that's all I want out of a movie is like whatever the intention is for it to work. 
nothing worse than you're watching a comedy and you go, oh, I think that was supposed to be funny, but it, I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, something like that. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do um, it. And then just talking about the story, I mean, I love just how nuanced it is. Everything else, not everything, so many other movies that I see that involve a ghost or a possession or something haunting, there's always some kind of exposition dump scene where an, they bring in an expert or someone figures something <laughs> out and they tell you every single thing about the demon, like where it came from, what, what its goals are, how to destroy it, and then they figure out a way to destroy it and it like, wraps yeah. up in the end. And I love that like it took me four views took me two views to even know that it was about a demon named Payman because I missed it the first time. <laughs> I didn't have the subtitles on. I was like, what are they saying? <laughs> and then the third time I started like seeing, oh, it took me four or five views till I finally understood the plan of this cult. And I love that this movie is like, yeah, we're so good. You won't mind watching us four or five times. As opposed to, yeah, this very well could have had a scene at the end where like a cult member finds them and tells them exactly what's happening. And then it could have been like, you know what I yeah. mean? But instead, it's all little clues. Like, I didn't get that the brother killed himself until the third time because of the mom. You know what I mean? You know, the more you're talking about it, the more I think people just don't like it because evil one. Evil one. And then also, <laughs> you know, there's no ghost for 40 minutes. Like, yeah. it, it start, it, it's a very slow movie yeah. in that sense. I don't, I don't think it's slow. Like, I think entertainment-wise, I'm always into it. Like, mm -hmm. there's no point where I'm like, let's get, let's get moving here. Um, but yeah, I just think people just like easy shit. Like, like not people, but like... When you're talking about the mainstream masses, right. like not everyone's a film head. Like not everyone wants to be challenged by a movie. Yeah. They want to turn on a very easy to watch ghost movie. Like, mm -hmm. like I love the paranormal activities. They're very fun, but they're all surface movies. Like there's a ghost. He's going to slowly torment them. And then at the end, they die. <laughs> and it's like, that's right. We move on. So yeah, I f love all that. And then, yeah. And I love that the way the movie fought, like we basically learn all the clues the same way. Like Annie does throughout the movie. But again, it's like it's up to you to have everything fit into place by like remembering and rewatching and right. kind of just gathering the whole thing. Um, and then tonally, so the thought I had this time was one of my one of my things with Midsummer, and I think the reasons I didn't connect with it so much is I love The Wicker Man. I think that's one of the best movies of the seventies. Oh, okay, um, yeah, not the no, okay, no. <laughs> not the Nicholas Cage version. No. <laughs> And Ari Aster has even said that Midsummer is like his kind of spiritual remake of Wicker Man. It's not really a remake of Wicker Man, but it's mm -hmm. a lot of the same uh, ideas and themes are being explored, and and a lot, you know, it's they're they're cousins, as I like to say. Okay, it's not a remake, but it has a lot of the same themes. He didn't really say that with this, but with this movie, it felt a lot like Rosemary's Baby uh, with the cult aspect of it all. Of oh, just, I want to see that. Yeah, so it, it, to me, it just totally reminded me of Rosemary's Baby. Completely different story. I'm not, not saying the stories match up, but that, that type of story has always scared the fuck out of me where it's like you're living your life and then there's people around you, some who you think are your friends, some who you think are strangers, and then you find out they're all in this like mass conspiracy kind of plan against you and like you don't even know how deep it goes or who you can talk to. And that always scares the living shit out of me. Right. Uh, so I'm watching the Invasion of the Body Snatchers right now. It's the same thing. It's like how many people have been snatched and how many yeah. haven't. So that's kind of how I feel with this. With this like, you know, Joan was her friend. No, she's not. Like the kid who smoked the weed with him, that was his friend. No, he's not. Like all these people are just like all in your life, like slowly influencing you to do things for like a greater evil that you don't even know you're participating in. Uh -huh. That scares the living shit out of me. <laughs> That's way scarier than I come home and the chairs are on the table. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's insane. Um, and you know, it has the confidence to be a ghost movie that doesn't feature ghosts in the first half. You know, it's just like pretty, pretty wild. It's a pretty <laughs> effective drama. Um, and then the reason it chose it for you is because 
I know you love like a good story in your horror movies. I know you don't like a like a slash. You're not really a big slasher head. You don't want just killing and gore for the sake of killing and gore. Mm-hmm. You want it. You want there to be some compelling reason to stay. But you know, I just I think the between the acting, the writing, the story. Like, everything is just so top-notch. I just can't imagine... I know you watch movies with an open mind, so I can't imagine someone who watches movies with an open mind not at least appreciating this movie. I know you hate being scared. I know it's probably scared the living shit out of you, so you might not love it. But I gotta, I, I would be shocked if you told me you didn't appreciate the craft of this movie. Mm. And having said all that, I know I was scared. But Masha, <laughs> good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Do you fear what I fear? I definitely fear what you fear. Yeah, right, <laughs> that's a hundred percent. That's a more fun renaming. <laughs> I know, still, I know. Do you love? But if we're talking about love, you are correct in saying I definitely appreciate this movie. Like, I don't, I don't understand why people wouldn't get it and how the like how this movie wraps up and just like everything about it i i don't i don't see a reason to not like this movie yeah so i don't agree with any of the audience people who have something to say bad about it um as far as loving though i'm gonna have to say no it's just too scary for me to love but i really really liked it do you have the capacity to love a horror movie just out of curiosity i do i did like i didn't i love one I guess th- maybe you loved Psycho. I think I love Psycho. <laughs> I think I love Psycho. <laughs> it's your emotions. Shouldn't you know what you love? I know. <laughs> it also could depend on my mood. I don't I need know. To listen, I need to listen to me to tell me <laughs> if I like this. <laughs> no, it was just... It's, for me, like, it, for, for me, loving means like I'm going to watch it again and like it really enjoy it. If I have a choice, I don't want to watch this ever what? again. You don't want to watch it knowing the, the no, secrets? No, because it's so good that I'm going to remember it. I know, for but the rest like, now life. that you know the secrets, you don't want to see all no, the little, like, oh, I don't. I, see a cult I don't. Oh. I will support it, but like, this movie's really good. I I have nothing bad to say about it, in, except that it really scared me. <laughs> but I mean, that was the purpose, right? Like, I don't. For October, for Fear What I Fear, like, 100%. I think this is a movie that. If you really want to be scared, but like in a classy, like cool way, this is the movie for you. You should definitely watch this movie. Yeah. Um, so I've I've got good things to say about it. So nice. that's me. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, ghouls and ghoulettes, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, if you have the time, take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Masha. And I'm Andy. And I hope you fear what I fear.